So what to coaches? Oh, there's my cat, sorry. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pandemic version of At WCSU, the podcast that gives you all the information about Western Connecticut State University when nothing is going on. Uh, you know, that's not true that nothing is going on, Pete. I don't know why you wrote that for me. <laughs> I just want to see you twist in the wind. Yeah, yeah. As you know, online learning is happening and we've got the O'Neill Center all set up for hospital patients. And now we're getting to uh, getting ready to close down the field hospital at O'Neill because no patients have showed up. Great. That's good news. Which is a good thing. And teams are in place to plan for the resumption of some kind of normal after the uh, for the fall semester. We don't know what normal will look like yet, so there will be a lot of flexibility built into all the plans. One of the big things we're thinking about is how to handle athletics. Do student athletes get to play? Will fans be allowed to watch? And one of the things we're going to ask today's guest is how coaches are going about evaluating high school student athletes who might be recruited to play at WestCon. Lori Mazza is the athletic director for WestCon and she has been right in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis even before classes moved online. She's a great advocate for student athletes and the athletic program, and she's going to tell us what she's been thinking about for the past few months and what the future might hold. Thanks for joining us today, Lori. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very interested in talking with you because... Um, we want to know when our games and competitions are going to come back on and want to know, uh, you know, have you been relaxing all during this time of uh, coronavirus since nothing's been happening? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever been so busy. Um, you know, I think I have taken for granted the fact that um, it's easy to go down and ask a question of a coach and not set up a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting or a WebEx <laughs> to have uh, to, to ask a simple question that may take 15 minutes, but at least I'm engaging with them in, in person. So, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've learned not to take for granted the, the personal contact for sure. Um, but it is, you know, when you when you schedule those meetings, it's a back to back to back to back meetings a lot of times, and that takes up a, a, a lot of time. And and um, so, you know, um, as far as game, you know, <laughs> I think that is the million dollar question, honestly. And when you take a look at our prep work that we're currently doing for next year, we're going to um, plan as if we're we're open in the fall. Um, I'm sure there'll be some restrictions. Um, but the reality is, is, is that it's, it's pending. Obviously the states are going to have something to say about it. I'm sure the system office will have something to say, you know, about what we do and how we do it when we open. Um, and then lastly, we, we may, um, I'll be working with my training staff and the coaches to make sure that whatever we implement internally, that it is in the best interest, um, of our students and, and certainly our fans. Sure. 
I think uh, everybody, not just here at WestCon, but at uh, other universities too, other higher ed institutions are thinking about, hey, we got a plan as if we're going to be open and everything will be okay. Uh, and then we'll adjust if things, if we need to as uh, we go along. So what do coaches, oh, there's my cat, sorry. <laughs> what do coaches and student athletes uh, do to stay sharp and what are they thinking about? I guess that's really two different uh, questions, isn't it? You know, um, I, I am really, really proud of, of our athletic staff. Um, some are in their traditional season currently right yeah. now, um, which would be normally they'd be out on a field or a tennis court, um, you know, playing and representing WestCon. Um, obviously that's not happening and, and whether they're in the traditional season or whether they are in their non-traditional season, um, such as soccer or football, um, or field hockey or, or women's tennis or golf, or it doesn't matter what sport it is. Usually we would have everybody kind of going right now in their non-traditional sport. And, um, the, the coaches have remained in contact. They have, you know, meetings with them. Um, they uh, do virtual skills challenges to, you know, um, to compete against each other. Um, they will, uh, you know, set up meetings for academics as well. This isn't just all about athletics, although we would love it to be, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> they are students first. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, trying to stay on them from the academic side because, you know, it is challenging um, and making sure that their, their mental health is, is also um, Okay, because this is a challenging time for I think for everybody. It's for the coaches. It's for the coaches are getting just as much out of it as well because they want that contact. They they want to get their team and analyze their team and see what they have for for next year if they're in a non-traditional season, or if their traditional season is is trying to keep them motivated. And um, for some, it's whether or not they're going to come back, in the sense of if they were graduating senior, you know. Um, do they come back or do they not come back? Maybe they had a semester left. Do they prolong their graduation for a semester and, and play again? So there are lots of variables uh, pertaining to, to seniors specifically, but then underclassmen also, um, you know, keeping them engaged in, and wanting them to stay here and, and not potentially either go home if they're from out of state or, or um, even, you know, go to a, a different institution altogether. So keeping them engaged in and, Letting them know they did make the right choice by by coming here. Yeah, boy, it is complex, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what advice do you have for high school students, maybe juniors and seniors who are trying to get or hoping to get some attention from college coaches, Westcon coaches, to be recruited, uh, play at the college level mm -hmm. in coming years? What do you think they should be yeah. doing? So I would say the good news is, you know, for the most part, I'm going to say 95 to 98% of the senior class, that, that's a little bit different because, you know, we, we start our recruiting process a year in advance. So, you know, over the summer, we would start our, our we would say our junior class, our rising seniors. Um, but the, the seniors that are graduating now, um, have already been recruited by our coaches. Um, we may get some some individuals due to um, COVID-19 that may want to stay closer to home, or we become more affordable now, in which 
Uh, we may have recruited before, but they wanted to go somewhere else, but now they're coming back. Um, so th those seniors have already been um, contacted. They pretty much kind of know where they want to go. I think uh, the seniors specifically are really, it's a, it's a, a, a waiting game. Um, and I think this is our biggest challenge right now is um, pending what the university does, what then is a student athlete going to do? Um, if we go all online, are they going to go to a community college or are they going to um, come here? Um, so it, it, knowing that they're not going to play, I mean, if we're all online, we're more than likely not going to be playing, right? Yeah. So there are lots of variables, I think, in a in a senior who hasn't made the decision yet. Um, and, and I think that's why some schools may be waiting. Some schools, you know, obviously we're, we're engaged in ourselves on trying to what that what if plan. Um, and so from the senior perspective, that recruiting class is pretty much already done. Hmm. The, the juniors, um, I think where the most impact, believe it or not, is going to be that junior classes, those rising seniors where over the summer, typically there are showcases. There's lots of um, opportunities for our coaches to go and, and see them and, and build their base. And those aren't happening. Um, or they're waiting to see kind of what the what the states are doing on, on opening up, whether they're parks or areas for, for um, coaches to recruit. But the likelihood of that happening would be, I think, small. I mean, we have we have our own lacrosse um, uh, camp here and and uh, just waiting for that. You know, and to come down, whether or not we'll be able to have that. So I think some people, some sports are waiting. I know um, women's lacrosse is uh, coach association is already kind of are starting to implement some virtual things um, for, for a high school student, a high school junior um, rising senior. Probably the biggest thing we can do is is um, we do have recruiting forms, fill out the recruiting form, engage the coach, engage their their coach, their high school coach with our coach to um, send some videotape of them playing. Um, so we can kind of gauge their talent. And then once everything is lifted, we can go see them play. Um, then, you know, we'll be able hopefully to, to, to do that. Um, and you know, if for whatever reason, unfortunately, the, the fall season is is a, a wash, um, you know, that's where the real, the, their coaches are really going to play a huge role in getting us some of that, that footage of them playing. So yeah. I think it all just depends on when, when things kind of open up. And, and I think people need to be strategic about it and smart about it. Um, again, for the safety of not only for themselves, uh, but the, the players and, and certainly the, the coaches if, if they're going to go and recruit them. And they should probably uh, be working out, right? Assuming that maybe they're going to play in the uh, fall. Yeah, you know, um, right now, I, I would say the one thing that I really tr tried to stress is more of the, the, the skill aspect of it. I don't want to, you know, um, I think one thing that we've been fortunate about is, is we, we do um, have a strength and conditioning coach on campus and who can properly teach them and techniques and everything. You know, once we're in this virtual phase, um, you know, the, those techniques may go by the wayside or they're not sure how to do a particular lift properly and we don't want them to get hurt. So right. I, I really caution them against uh, coaching them on uh, our students specifically or our incoming students specifically um, on any type of strength aspect of it, but more rather the skill aspect of it because we don't want any anybody to get hurt. So, okay. Yeah.
<laughs> and uh, have you been talking to other athletic directors about what they think the fall might bring? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's where the challenge really becomes, and, you know, I had a, a staff meeting yesterday, uh, and I think that our biggest challenge is going to be this, because it's going to be different from state to state. You know, we, you know, who are, um, who have been considered a hot spot, if you want to phrase it that way, although mm -hmm. the numbers are looking, have been looking really good over the last week or so. Um, it, but up in Vermont and New Hampshire, those numbers have been drastic, are drastically different. And, um, you know, they could be open in the, in the fall with no issue whatsoever. And they're in our conference. So what does that mean then for our conference play? If, if we do a modified opening or, you know, um, hopefully not, but certainly I'm sure it's a possibility where we're all online in the fall. Um, what does that mean then for not just us, you know, but certainly the members of our conference or the NCAA, um, how do they gauge championships? Um, so, yeah, we've talked about it, but I think we go round and round just as much as uh, all the campuses are until some decision is made whether or not the institution themselves are going to be, uh, it, whether it's a modified opening of some sort in the fall um, or a, a, an online. Yeah. Hmm. You have a lot of think things to think about. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it, 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 the one thing we, we want the, the students, I think, to, to know is, um, number one, our current students, that we are here for them. Um, and that it is, it is really important that um, hopefully we're, we're engaging them and making sure that uh, they're academically sound and are still going to be eligible to participate uh, when, and it's not if, but when we open. Right. Um, and then for the incoming uh, incoming students, that it may may not be ideal in the beginning, um, it, and it may be. We I just we just don't know yet um, until data drives the decision at some point on whether we're going to be fully open or whether it'll be a modified opening or whether we're online. So I, I would say, I, and I, I tell my coaches, take a deep breath. <laughs> we're not going to be the only one in this boat. Um, but know that you know we're we're going to be here for our incoming students, and we're going to be here for um, our, our our current students. So yeah. I, th I think as long as we stay engaged in, um, and that they made the right decision in in either staying and or coming here. Yep. Good. I wanted to ask you about a recent decision that the NCAA released about uh, what they call image likeness. Uh, Name, image, and likeness. Yes, mm -hmm. and how they're allowing, uh, they're lo loosening the rules so that students can even make money off uh, their, I guess, fame as a student athlete in some ways, right? Most of it affects, I guess, really famous Division One athletes, but for Division Three students, it might be. Uh, an opportunity to uh, get a social media following, right? And make some money that way. Yeah, so the answer is yes. Um, obviously, California was probably driving that boat a little bit when they passed the state legislation, which opened up everything. Um, and then some other states followed. I think Georgia followed and, and some, some other states as well. And um, I do know, actually, the... Um, 
the state legislation uh, legislators are, are are dealing with it from a U.S. perspective as well. Uh, but we did loosen the rules. It, there are some, you know, especially for Division Three, because each division may have their own uh, uh, portions of this. You know, for Division Three, we wanted to make sure that they really are student athletes and they're not being driven by by money. But let me give you an example. Um, they would not necessarily, uh, they could be hired, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, they, there was a student athlete that wrote a book mm -hmm. and, um, and it had to, he was a, a golfer and um, he was declared ineligible because he used, he, he mentioned the institution he was from, he mentioned that he was a student athlete, he mentioned he was a golfer, that was not permissible before. In this particular case, he could have written a book. He could say, um, I'm a student athlete. Um, when you get into where you're going and, and, and that you're a golf, it's, it's, it's muddied a little bit because, um, for example, the one thing we don't want somebody to do is promote a, um, an alcohol product with WestCon right. <laughs> soccer on it, right? So there's some caveats where, no, you can't do this, even though, um, yeah, you, you personally can do it. And if you want to do that, but you're not going to have WestCon, you can't mention your student athlete here, a certain, but you personally can do that now, which is not, was not permitted. Before. Right. So. It'll be interesting to see, I'm sure not right away, but uh, maybe down the road, see how uh, some enterprising students might take advantage of that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's every situation is going to be different. You know, I, I think when someone is entrepreneurial, you don't want to squash that, certainly. But I, I think we want to make sure that it is done in, a, in an appropriate fashion. And if they are representing us somehow, some way, then that's, that's, you know, we want to make sure that that is within um, our, our image as WestCon or, or our image that we want to portray appropriately. Right. That'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you have an interesting life, Lori. You know, I, I love being an athletic director. I love working here and I love our student athletes. Although they can be challenging at times, so I do love them. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, you know, I, I, honestly, I have the best job in the world. Fantastic. <laughs> That's great to hear. I haven't heard that lately. Met other <laughs> you know, it's, cha it's challenging right now because I do miss the students. I said the best part of my day right now, it, it, well, not now, but the best part of my day normally is to go out and watch the students perform, whether it's a lacrosse field or, you know, softball or baseball or tennis. And, um, but you know, I think the best part of my day now is going from one side of the couch to the other. <laughs> not, not all that fascinating. <laughs> well, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, thank you for joining us today and enlightening us. And uh, we'll be thinking about you as um, uh, every, all these other college administrators are joining you and making these decisions on uh, how to open, when to reopen and everything. And, this blog, this podcast will do its part to make sure that athletics are considered and all that. Okay. I greatly appreciate it. And, and, um, if I can say one last thing, we, yep. you know, I, I, I want to say thank you to all of the student athletes and all of the coaches and all of the administration who 
Um, although it was a difficult decision, I, I think it was obviously the right call and, and um, we will be celebrating here shortly. Um, you know, the, a year in review, certainly for, from, uh, for those that, that did uh, partake in, in athletics, we will continue on with our athletic ceremony and um, it'll be virtual. So that'll be forthcoming in the next uh, several weeks. Um, but uh, how, how our students have handled this has been amazing and, and I can't thank them enough, so. Yeah, thanks for your leadership during all this too. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good. So um, the big thing, I think, from that, Pete, is that everybody is kind of looking at the fall and thinking, hey, we got to get ready to teach and learn and play and everything. Even if it doesn't happen quite uh, seamlessly, everybody's thinking we got to be ready. Yeah, the old uh, hope for the best, prepare for the worst mentality. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> that's the right cliche. Yeah, I'm just I'm picturing you know yeah. the the teams playing with empty, empty arena, empty yeah. seats. I'm just trying to trying to picture how that would all go. Well, you know, I think uh, I don't know what are some. It, it'll be tough because a lot of the. Uh, fall sports are indoors or in stadiums yeah and that would be kind of uh rough i think for the football team it's just a bummer you no know, it's just silence it's a bummer it? you know it's, it's got to be tough you're used to having the energy of the crowd and everything so hello yeah, well. yeah and you know it'll be uh interesting to see the i read an interview with dr anthony fauci today and he was being asked a lot of questions about the professional leagues. They're all champing at the bit to get out there and make some money. But they brought it back to college and high school sports, too. And um, the same questions apply. Can you safely do this for both the athletes and the people who show up to watch? And right now, you couldn't do it. Yeah. You can't sit that sat, sit in the stands and... Um, really monitor everybody being six feet away. Was it the real Dr. Fauci or was it Brad Pitt? <laughs> it was the real oh, Dr. Okay. Fauci in this case. <laughs> and the same kind of questions apply to classrooms too, right? Yeah. Will we be able to uh, set up classrooms so you can sit far enough away from each other if we still need to do that? Will everyone have to wear masks? Uh, will there be some kind of combination of online and in person? I think a lot of for teaching, a lot of people are really yearning for the face to face teaching to come back because yeah. online is good for uh, certain things. But uh, for a traditional student who's coming to college, you don't want to be sitting on uh, the couch all day long no. listening to lectures. You want to have more face-to-face -face interaction with the professor and with students. Yeah, I've seen some things, mostly in, in public schools, not higher ed, but they're talking about doing like morning, afternoon, evening shifts and extending the school year and, you know, um, you know, emptying the classroom of, of all the desks and, and like marking out on the floor where they can be. And, you know, it's it's extreme, but I, you got to you got to do it. We can't, you know, the, the homeschooling and, and the online stuff can't last forever. We're just not built for it. Right, exactly. So, 
the uh, I, in California, the governor there said, hey, maybe we'll start up uh, K through 12 classes again in, at, on July 15th. Yeah. As a way to make up what's been lost. I kind of sent a chill through me. But, um, <laughs> I guess a lot of stuff is going to change here because yeah. of this uh, pandemic. We'll see. You know, at the same time today, some a uh, drug manufacturer announced that they think some, their drug has been shown pretty good results as a treatment for COVID-19. So that could change things, too, as uh, we move along. Yeah, it's it's going to be what seems impossible this week is going to be commonplace next week. Who knows? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's already happened to us a few times in the last couple of months. Yeah. Right now, this week, we would have been having convo- honors convocations for all the four schools on campus where students with the best grades, et cetera, are uh, recognized and honored. It's a very busy time of year. Everybody's wrapping up. And Westfest is this week, right? Normally? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Events and so concerts and yeah, parties. The final bingo. What was that? The final bingo? Yes, the final bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody's uh, normally saying, uh, geez, I can't wait till the next two weeks are over because it's so crazy and we'll be able to relax a little bit. But uh, that isn't what people are saying this year. Nope. All right, it's time for the weekly Chantel check-in. We still haven't heard back, huh? No. All right. I'm going to find her. I'm going to take it on myself. I'm going to gear up in a hazmat suit and venture out into the world and go find Chantel. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Bring one of those pieces of uh, a loaf of bread and maybe that'll entice her out. (laughs) Yeah, well. Otherwise, you know, one thing you can count on is at WCSU. You can tune in every week and find out what's going on and hear some interesting commentary and advice about how to continue to live your life, whether it's here at Westcon or somewhere, someplace else, right? Yeah. We may be the only thing keeping some people going. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Do we want that to be our claim to fame? Maybe not. <laughs> well, we need something. Yeah, we need something. It's either win the Pulitzer Prize or I don't know something else like that all right as long as there's no more interruptions from your cat i think that'll uh i think that'll do it <laughs> no she's <laughs> hiding in the corner right now oh, okay good so i guess uh, for pete puccio this is paul steinmetz at wcsu we'll see you next week at wcsu is a production of wcsu media engineered by peter puccio and produced by scott Folby. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at WCSU.edu. Thanks for listening.